As always, it's so good to be with you. And how are we doing? Good? I tell you, when I asked that last night, we had children's choir. Man, they all shouted, we're doing great. We're ready for Christmas. They, uh, they really were. Boy, could they sing. Man, they could sing. I, they, they had a lot of enthusiasm when they were singing. So that's good. Very good. Well, I've been... St- I wanted to, as we think about the readings today, I, I, I want to share a few thoughts that I've had. I've, been, I've spent the last year and a half studying about divine love. I've always wanted to know more about it. I thought I knew a lot till I studied it. Now I realize I know nothing about it. Um, God's love is that deep. That's the depths of God. It is infinite. I mean, it's vast. It's, it's just amazing. But even in the year and a half that I have studied it, I can say this, what I have learned has revolutionized my life. It truly has. I mean, it sort of pieces things together, puts things together. And after living so many years, you know, you you sort of begin to see patterns and things about about how life is. And um, it truly has revolutionized my life, every part of it when I say that. And here's what I've concluded. Love is everything. That's what I've concluded. Love is everything. So when I think about Jesus' birth, only one thought comes to my mind. Love. Because love is everything, and because in the manger, we see the fullest expression of love. Well, one of the things that I've tried to do in, in my study about love, and particularly divine love, if you want to call it that, is uh, look at it from many different perspectives, like study, like any, any person would do. You study the scriptures. You study the tradition of the church. You study the saints, what they have to say. You reflect upon it. I think this is one of those things where you reflect upon it in the sense of, well, I'm a human being. How, does, how do I feel about this? You know, how do I need love? Is love important to me in my life? And... Uh, So it really helps to bring it all together. And after doing that, I come to the the same conclusion. Love is everything. I mean, uh, it's everything and even more if that's even possible. Um, And and it begins with creation. I mean, that's that's where it starts. As you think about the the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, uh, it was a beautiful place. I mean, uh, what, what do we see there? Well, before it takes place, there's chaos, right? There's just chaos everywhere, you know, darkness and chaos and things like that. That's, that's not a good feeling, is it? No, not at all. But what does God do? He speaks. And then he begins, out of his speech, he begins to create order. He begins to create harmony. He, he, he uh, cr- begins to create unity. All those things that are very important in our lives, Uh, you know, not chaos. And at the end of each day, it says God said it was good. It was good. And then, especially at the last day, what did he say? Very good, didn't he? Isn't that awesome? You know, after he looked at creation and then he looked at creation of man and woman, God saw that it was very good. And uh, God walked in the cool of the evening, it says, uh, to interact, to relate to his creation. And, and what a wonderful thing that is, especially Adam and Eve. 
Adam and Eve, uh, human beings hold a, a special place, a very special place in, in the uh, mind and the heart of God. We'll look at that in just a second. So we see this uh, harmony, this paradise, you want to call it, because it is paradise. And then you fast forward to the end of time, and we look at the place called the new heavenly city, that place that you and I are, are destined to go when we leave this world and Jesus returns. What do you find in that city? Harmony, unity, uh, order, uh, no chaos. It's a, it's a peaceful place, you know, and uh, the only thing that rules in heaven, you know, there are many things that rule here on earth today. Only one thing rules in heaven, and that's love. Love. It's, you know, Paul said that. Only love will remain. It's the only thing that will remain when we go in heaven because that's who God is. The very essence, the very being of who God is, is love. Now, that doesn't mean, when we say God is love, that doesn't mean that God's just a feeling. Some people interpret it that way. No, God is a being. And as St. Anselm said, he said God is a perfect being. I mean, he is the ultimate supreme being of beings, you might call it. But to he, in God, he is love. And if he's love, then that means there has to be something that he loves. You can't love and not love. That would that'd be silly, wouldn't it? You know, you can't do that. You can't be love and not love. Well, of course, you've got you to gotta love. And uh, the fullest of that expression is found in the Holy Trinity. You know, that's why the Holy Trinity is so important. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And as you look in the scriptures, particularly in the Gospels, I mean, some of the things that Jesus has to say about the interaction between Father and Son and Holy Spirit are deeply profound, extremely profound as a matter of fact. You know, because there's, there's oneness there, see? There's, there's, a, there's this perfect sense of love, God in his midst. So, you know, God is love. And God loves. I mean, that's the other thing. But here's the mind-boggling part <clears throat> to me. God created you to be loved. Now, God has always been loved. He just is, you know. As, as when Moses appeared at the burning bush, they said, well, what's your name? My name is I am who I am. That's just all I am. You know, I've always been here, uh, always existed for all eternity. But when we were created in the mind of God, God says, I'm creating you to be loved. Now, what does that mean? Well, if he creates us to be loved, which is, uh, you know, comes in his image and likeness, you know, that's, that's where image and likeness come. We don't look like God. I don't think we do. I seriously doubt we look like God. But we are created in his image and likeness. And to be created in his image and likeness is to be created by love and to be created for love. Uh, do you have a need to be loved? Well, of course you do. That's, that's, that's who you are. Do you realize that? That's about as inherent. God put that in you. I mean, he did. I mean, it's, it's just who you are. It's who, that's, that's why we exist. You know, love is our reason and purpose for being. It's not all this other peripheral stuff. No. I mean... I don't have to tell you that. You know that, don't you? You're made by love 
and you're made for love. And the primary relationship is love with God. Relationship with God is sort of like what we hear in the scriptures. Uh, Abraham was called what? The friend of God. The friend of God. What did Jesus say to his disciples? I call you friends. That's loving, isn't it? Isn't that relationship? Well, of course it is. Absolutely. I call you friends. And so that's the mind, that's the mind-boggling part of it. And here, let's get it, let's go in a little deeper, you know, because it's uh, and I'm just scratching the surface, but this is mind-boggling to me. Human beings are the only creation of God that can relate to God in a very unique and a special way. Only one. You know, and not even the angels. You know, we think, well, they're sort of a little higher up the ladder. Nope, not even the angels. God created us for relationship with him. Can't try to disprove that. I'd love to, love to hear what you got to say. It's not possible. I mean, the church affirms it, the scriptures affirm it, the saints affirm it, and your life affirms it. You know, I mean, that's... I don't know what else you could do. God made you for love, and that's so important. So we see, we see this utopia, this paradise in the garden. We see it in the new heavenly city. But what about now? You know, uh, you know one thing people always like to say to me is, well, where, how does that fit in with today's world? Today's world's pretty chaotic, isn't it? It's pretty tough out there, isn't it? Doesn't seem to fit into the uh, overall condition of the world. And so the natural question is, well, where's God? That's what the, I get that question all the time. Where's God? Why does God let this happen? Well, why does he let it happen? Well, he gives us the freedom to choose. That's what. You ever tried to make somebody love you? Does it work? No. <laughs> you may love that person and it's like, I want you to love me. Well, I can't make you love me. Love is a choice. Always has, always will be, isn't it? It's a choice. You have to choose to love me and I have to choose to love you. That's the only way it works. And, and God, in, in a sense, I mean, some of the theologians like to say, God sort of limits himself. I mean, he could, make, he could make everything just peachy, you know? He could do that. He's God. He can do anything he wants to do. But if he did, we'd be nothing more than a robot. Would you want to be a robot? Huh? Where God just says, whoop, 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 you know? Well, nobody wants to be that, do you? You want to make choices. You want to make decisions, and you're given the ability to do that, to be loved. But uh, the, the challenge today is that we make poor decisions sometimes. Do you ever make any poor decisions? I make them every day. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I make them every day. I, I, I'm sort of like Paul. I do that which I don't want to do. He, he dealt with it too, didn't he? Paul, Paul said it. You know, I do things that I... You know, uh, I judge and I gossip. Here's some other things. See if you can relate to any of these. Uh, I want more than my fair share. I discriminate against those that I don't like. 
I'm unwilling to forgive. Um, I pollute the environment. Uh, I abort millions of unborn children. You know, what's, what's the deal? What's going on? Well, where's the love in that? Well, there's not. So we have a choice. We have to, we have to choose. But God says this. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, you may feel lost sometimes. You ever feel lost? You may feel lost sometimes, but I'm going to find you. And I'm going to save you. Isn't that what we heard in the gospel reading today? You ever feel lost? You know when I feel lost, the most lost? When I'm walking around Myers parking lot looking for my car. I, you, you know, people say, there's an old man out there. He can't find his car. He's always just wandering around the parking lot. Well, it's true. I'm lost. Before I go in, I say, here's where I'm parked. Here's, I'm, by the time I get out, I'm lost. You know, you ever done that? I've seen people do that all the time. And I'm one of them. Uh, I need help. I need help to get me on the right track to get me where I need to be. And that's, that's what Christmas is all about. That's exactly what Christmas is all about. That's what Jesus is all about. Jesus is love. Jesus is God's way of saying, I'm going to find you and I'm going to save you. Right? Absolutely. That's so, so true. And then what we heard today, uh, the Lord's going to give you a sign. What sign? He says, this, you will call him Emmanuel, meaning God's with you. See, God's going to pair up with you. He's going to walk with you. Why? Because he loves you. That's why he made you to be loved. That's exactly right. And so he says God is going to, he's going to come. Uh, and he, what we hear in the scriptures, he will save people from their sins. See, sin is, one way you can think of sin is making poor choices when you know them when you know that what you're doing is not right that's sin you know that's a one way of putting it uh, God says I'm going to save you from that because I love you and that's my original intention and it's always going to be my intention for you uh, so while we were still what did what did Paul say uh, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What about the song that we're going to sing this week? Hark the herald angels sing. What does it go? Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinner reconciled. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, what about this one? The choir of angels. Noel, Noel, what does that mean? We sing it. What does it mean? You know what Noel means? What's the angel shouting? Good news, good news, good news. What's the news? Well, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Angels recognized it, didn't they? This is good news. I mean, this is really, and the scriptures call it good news, don't they? See, here's the thing. You, you hear those words over, lost, saved, Savior, don't you hear that over and over again in the scriptures? Those are the words that you hear. Uh, see, that's what God's doing. That's what God's doing. He's doing a work in your life. And uh, that's what Jesus is all about. See, the answer, 
The answer to all our problems lies in the manger. Lies in the manger. Oh, no, you're, you're too simple. That's simple-minded. No. I have come to the conclusion. I've got four college degrees. Three of them are graduate degrees. And I can tell you this, even though I don't know much, all our problems, solution to our problems lies in the manger. Who's in the manger? Well, Jesus is in the manger, isn't he? He is the, he is the answer to our problem. You know, I mean, when you think about it, when you think that if your purpose and reason for existing is to love, well, it only makes sense, doesn't it? That he's going to be the answer to your problems. See, it's through Jesus that love is restored. So what we need to do is affirm with the prophet Isaiah, see, your Savior comes. Here he comes, you know. All right, I'm going to give you a test. Test your knowledge here. The answer is the same on all four questions. All right, so that'll help you out a little bit. Who are you made by? What are you made? Who, who made you're made by what? Love. You're made for what? What is your purpose for re and reason for existing? What is everything? You get that right, and you'll be the happiest person in the world. 